0: It did because I you know it's all about humble roots, I mean, I came from very humble roots, and I'll never forget where I came from growing up on the streets of Baltimore I mean you know uh, and so that helps shape you, but I think there's some other things that that guide and help contribute to your development as a leader in the military and so you know you've heard folks like General Petraeus talk about sort of the tenets of the strategic leader, and that's the that's the execution of leadership, you know, what leaders do sort of on a, on a macro level. Uh, and, so, and those things are very, very important for being an effective leader. You know, it's about getting the big picture right, communicating the big picture across your team, then executing, you know, the mission, doing, you know, putting all the pieces into place and then assessing and going back and doing it over again. You know, getting that that big picture right, what what you need to do and continuing forward. It's a continuous cycle. So that's about the execution piece. But I'm also – I really believe in the values piece. I – you know – talk about sometimes what I call values-based leadership. And that's, you know, understanding what your own core values are as a human being and being able to distribute those over the execution of leadership as a system, if you will. When did all that start
1: kicking in, though? I mean, like you said, gradually military trains leaders, you graduate. That wasn't day one. I mean,
0: absolutely not. No way. No way. (laughs) This is is the culmination of, you know, 30 years of a military career and then career going forward in the civilian sector so you know uh again the military is a system that takes young people and does extraordinary things with them and over time you build people up and so you know you get more skills you learn to lead at a higher level and then if you're successful the military moves you to the next level and if you're not successful You, depending on at what point you are in your career, you either stay there or maybe you get out and you go do something else.
1: What's the, like you said, a culmination of 30 plus years. What's the responsibility level of somebody, like your first position outside of OCS, what level of responsibility are you playing at? at
0: So, you know, as a junior officer, regardless of what service you are in, I mean, you're going to have a group of people uh you know that work for you or with you and you know so on board a ship i was an assistant supply officer and i had a, a a department of about 30 some people okay and i was responsible for their training and development and uh and then i had specific teams that i was leading you know and then others that i worked sort of uh, in a matrixed way with because i was still their division officer regardless of whether uh, they were reporting to me for day-to-day assignments right. or not. So, you know, and most junior officers are going to have that same kind of level of experience. They're going to have a handful of enlisted troopers that they'll work with. They're going to have those senior enlisted leaders that are technical professionals, you know, in the business, mm. you know, whatever area Tactically that they're in, whether, in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, whether it's operations or supply or intelligence or whatever. And so, you know, but the the one thing so, listening is very very important, David. So even when you're a 22 year old green officer, it's about listening because the people around you are the ones that are going to be advising you, and your job is sort of to sift through uh, the different pieces of information in order to make cogent decisions on a leadership level. So you got to you know, and even at the four star level. I mean, the best four-star leaders that I have served with get all, bring all their staff around them and they say, okay, team, here's the situation and they lay it out and they say, I need your best military advice, you know, and, and the, the, those staffers go around one by one offering perspective, you know, to that four-star general or admiral. And at the end, end of the mean, day, that's the way it's done.
1: He or she has to make the call, the so, final decision.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's... So, so that's the, you know, that's the responsibility of a senior leader is, you know, they're the ones that are gonna shape that decision and that strategy moving forward. But the best ones are always highly collaborative and taking that, you know, taking in what the team provides and distilling that and then coming up with a cogent response to whatever the issue uh-huh. is.
1: I don't know if there's a politically correct way to ask this. So I'm just gonna ask it. There are some people that can't do that though. I mean, at that level. Yeah. Right? I mean, there are absolutely. some people that do not have that. I don't know if they what the word is, the you know, internal
0: fortitude or but don't have the ability to make that decision. I mean, have you seen that along the way? Well, so I think so it, it depends on whether you're talking about the military or the civilian sector. Um, I would tell you this. Since the military is a system and it raises up people from all different walks of life, all different backgrounds, you know, eventually they they wouldn't be in that position if they weren't if the military as a system didn't think that they were capable of being able to function at that level. Great point. Now, once in a while somebody slips through, you know, <laughs> you have occasionally have a bad apple, and you know, you 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 see this because there are some that go to command and end up being relieved of their command because of you know, uh, mistakes, uh, you know, for whatever reason. So that happens. Um, but that's, uh, that's about accountability and keeping the system on track. So, you know, leaders, military leaders are brought up to be fair, firm, and consistent. Okay. It's not about your emotions. Your emotions are out of it. Uh, none of us can, fully divorce ourselves from our emotions, but it's about being fair, firm, and consistent.
1: And do you feel military specific, especially maybe at the higher levels, those decisions are being made to support a mission? So I say, I have to support this mission. What decision do
0: I have to make that can best support X, Y, and Z? Well, I mean, what's the what do they say? Mission first, people always. Right. You know, and so it's taking into consideration the, the health well-being and morale of the troops, but at the same time, you've got a very, very definitive mission to get done. And this is, you know, <clears throat> in the military, it's a life-or-death mission, right? Sure. It is the defense of our nation. You know, and all of us raised our right hand and swore an oath to defend the country against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And so, uh, and there's a camaraderie that's built around that mission at a high level. So, and and that's something that you may never get in a civilian setting. That's one of the the things that veterans are so disappointed with or often disappointed with when they transition to the outside because they don't have that same camaraderie